Bobcat fans. Support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio. Welcome back, hour number two. Maybe you're watching on SWX Montana Television or on the ESPN MT app, no matter how you're tuning in. Thanks for being here. I'm Coulter Nuwana's. Coming to you through the ESPN MT studio. ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting Company has been locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and happy to say so. Before we get into our top 10 Big Sky Conference storylines from the last calendar year, a couple things from scanning the Twitter sphere. First of all, uh, still so sad about the, the passing of Mike Leach, just because he was such a unique and original character. And, uh, you know, somebody that certainly marched to the beat of his own drum and a guy that uh, changed the world of, of college football and changed the world of football in, in general. Uh, he, I mean, the fact is that they're running the spread in Columbia Falls, Montana now. You know, like Hamilton High School's running the spread, you know, and, and some of those basic air raid principles trickled down to all levels of football, and then it sort of manifested within itself. And there's been a, just an unbelievable outpouring on Twitter about Mike Leach. And I think it, it just truly is a testament to the uh, the football genius that he was. The other two things that are blowing up my Twitter timeline uh, are the NCAA transfer portal, which, by the way, if you haven't heard, several of the big names in the big sky are already out. Bronson Barron, Weber State quarterback, hit the portal last night. Cameron Scadaboo, the uh, reigning Big Sky Conference Offensive Player of the Year, he's out from Sac State. Jared Gibson, starting wide receiver for Sacramento State, he's also out. Both those guys, by the way, the Sac State guys, they just picked up Montana offers today. Scadaboo's going to get some big-time offers, though. His, he's, he's small. Well, I should say he's short. <laughs> he's not small. He is... Uh, just such a beast, though. Such a hard runner. Um, so we'll see where all those guys uh, end up. But that's the other thing, uh, the other couple things that are blowing up the Twitter line. And then the last one, which is at the exact same time shocking and predictable. I shouldn't say predictable. The extension of a trend that we know to be true. And that is that South Dakota State, North Dakota State, the two teams that are hosting the FCS semifinals this weekend are having uh, a really, really hard time selling tickets. ton of tickets left for both the games. So um, I, I guess that, I, what I mean is that's an extension of a trend uh, in a lot of different uh, parts of the country. Uh, you know, The SEC's not having any trouble selling tickets, but there's certainly uh, less of an interest in, in live sports, uh, particularly out west. I think there's a lot that goes into that. 
I think uh, there's a cost associated with it. There's a convenience associated with it. I think a lot of times in like rural places like Montana, and this is actually a problem that's less in Montana than most other places. I mean, sure, the Grizz had a, a little bit of a uh, reduced showing for their lone playoff game this year, but that was on Thanksgiving weekend coming off of getting whipped by your rival. Uh, but Montana State's had great um, great success selling tickets in their two home games so far this uh, this postseason. So, I, I don't know. It's, I just think it's, it's fascinating. You know, the NDSU thing... Makes sense to me just because they have they've been here so many times. I mean, there's been this is the 32nd playoff game played in Fargo alone over the last 10 years. So you know, maybe it's just become stale. But South Dakota State, uh, it's only been a couple times that they've hosted semifinal games. If it, I mean, I can't really remember. I think maybe in the spring of last year they hosted one. But last time they were in the semis last fall, they were playing in Bozeman. So. That, that one maybe doesn't make quite as much sense. I get that there's weather there and, and, you know, Brookings is a little bit out of the way and all that, but still, I don't know. It's just disappointing for those athletes. Let's talk about uh, some fun stuff. This is our top 10 storylines from the Big Sky Conference. We will go from 10 through 1 in a countdown, David Letterman style. Ryan Tuto would be so proud of me. Uh, this is our ESPN Roundtable. ESPN Roundtable is presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls, a great place to gather with family and friends alike. Wednesdays, Prime Rib Night is back. You can get a full Prime Rib dinner for $20.95. And uh, Paradise Falls open seven days a week, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Full-service casino. they got 18 draft beers, 30 big-screen TVs. Great place to gather with family and friends alike. Go check them out. 3621 Brook Street, Paradise Falls. Missoula's coolest hotspot. Number 10. And this is a very inexact science. I mean, I just put this list together today just to have a fun conversation. I'm not trying to really have any heated debates or arguments. Just wanted to highlight some of the things. So if you have, like, feedback on this or you think I, I should rank it different or if I missed a storyline or two, text us, 406-888-1029 if you want to be a part of the conversation. Ten most memorable storylines from across Big Sky Conference uh, sports from this last calendar year. Number 10, the Idaho Vandals back in the FCS playoffs. First time they've been relevant since they returned back to the FCS. Uh, a part of me thought it was only a matter of time. A part of me thought maybe there was never going to be a time. Idaho had great tradition during their time in the Big Sky Conference uh, all the way through you know, the, the 60s through when they departed in the mid-90s. Since they came back in 2018, though, as a, a full-time member, including in football, they have been uh, chasing it. They they have been not close. And uh, this year they broke through. And I think they have a lot to be excited about moving forward. I think the the hiring of Jason Eck was uh, certainly a good one uh, to win, or excuse me, to uh, to win in Missoula and, and then to get into the, uh, the SCS playoffs in Eck's first season. Uh, certainly a, uh, an impactful First year, and they have a lot to be excited about because they have the reigning freshman of the year in Giovanni McCoy, this outstanding quarterback who was the uh, Jerry Rice Award winner. They got Hayden Hatton coming back. He's only a sophomore, and uh, he was a beast, put up unreal numbers here uh, this last year. Jermaine Jackson, their kick returner, and their other great receiver who was a first team All League guy, he also is back next year. So, a lot to be excited about uh, with Idaho. Number nine in our Big Sky Conference countdown. 
Two of the longest tenured coaches of Big Sky Conference men's basketball both sort of surprisingly retired over the last uh, calendar year. I guess uh, Brian Katz's retirement actually came before uh, before the season began last year, probably last October uh, at Sacramento State. But a guy that you know he 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 helped Sac win a league title one time, but also even though the the Hornets were never, you know top team in the league. They always had one or two players that were among the best players in the league. He always did a really good job of recruiting California and recruiting uh, junior college talent there to Sac State. And he also had a lot of pride in that job because he was coaching at his alma mater. He was there for 14 years. Every coach you could talk to across the big sky told you that they thought that he was one of the best X's and O's coaches in the league. And he's just a fun guy, fun guy to, to have on the show and to talk hoops with. And uh, we always enjoyed our time around Brian Katz. And then Randy Ray, I mean, he sort of did it without a lot of fanfare. And Coach Ray, at a moment in time, uh, I mean, he he had a reign over the league where he was definitely the Don of the Big Sky. You know, he won four coaches of the year, uh, won the Big Sky five times. And the last handful of years, Weber has been good, but not, you know, that top of the league, multiple NBA players type good I shouldn't say multiple NBA players, but like multiple pro-type guys like they were. Like their last really great team was that team that won it in Reno uh, with Jeremy Sanglin and Joel Ballenboy. But that was five, six years ago. So, uh, you know, these last handful of years, they've had good teams, you know, with, with some good players. I mean, Jarek Harding certainly a really memorable player there at Weber State. And, uh, you know, Dylan Jones, who's still there now, one of the best players in the league there still uh, for Weber but Coach Ray, I mean, he, he retires as the all-time leading winner in the history of Big Sky Conference basketball and uh, a guy that reignited and, and uh, maintained the, the rich tradition that is Weber State Hoops and also recruited and developed the guy who is the best athlete to come out of the Big Sky Conference in the 21st century, and that's Damian Lillard. Lillard was... You know, the number six pick in the, in the NBA draft, the NBA Rookie of the Year, and now he's been a multiple-time All-NBA performer, was a first-team All-NBA guy a couple years ago, named to the NBA's 75th anniversary team, was one of the top 75 players of all time. So, I mean, he is the GOAT in Big Sky Conference athletics in terms of his professional achievements, I would say. And Coach Ray brought him there to Weaver State and developed him and, and turned him into the player, or at least set the foundation for the player uh, that he would become. So... It's going to be crazy. I, I was uh, I was telling Paul Grua this, the uh, the sports information director at, at Weber State. This uh, upcoming basketball season will be my 17th basketball season. I uh, covered Big Sky Conference hoops. And it'll be my first where Big Sky Conference hoops did not include one and only Randy Ray. So uh, we miss Coach Ray. I actually have uh, I've exchanged texts with him a few times since his retirement, and uh, maybe we'll have something for him uh, coming up down the road. But um, congratulations to him, and uh, it'll be interesting to see where Weber State goes from from Coach Ray because he, he did a, a really good job in having Weber State consistently good there uh, year in and year out uh, in Ogden. Nuanas now, ESPN Roundtable, presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Top 10 storylines in the Big Sky Conference over the last calendar year, number eight. There's a, a fierce dichotomy on the women's basketball side in terms of the coaching ranks. It's uh, either the old or the new. Uh, you got three incredibly long-tenured coaches 
in the league. Trisha Binford is the longest tenured coach in, in the Big Sky women's basketball. She's been there at Montana State since 2005, so this will be season 18 for her there. John Newley at Idaho, Seton Sobolewski at Idaho State. Those guys have both been at their respective positions since 2008. So this was year 15 for each of them at their respective schools. And on the completely other side of the coin, you got a whole bunch of, of new coaches. Brian Holsinger's in his second year at Montana. Mark Campbell's in his second year at Sacramento State. Um, Chelsea Gregg at Portland State is entering her second season. And they had first-year coaches at Northern Colorado and Eastern Washington a year ago as well. So it's it's basically one or the other. Lori Payne is kind of the, at Northern Arizona is kind of the only uh, middle-of-the-road coach. You know, a coach that's been there for, I think she's been there now half a dozen years, six, six or seven seasons for Lori Payne at NAU. And uh, everybody else has either been there forever or just now getting started. So it'll be interesting to see the uh, the influx. I also thought it was fascinating that uh, when when the Lady Grizz job was open, very coveted job, and Brian Holsinger ended up outlasting Mark Campbell for that position, they were both similar in resume, both Power 5-type assistants, uh, Holsinger at uh, Oregon State and Campbell at Oregon, and then when Holsinger gets the Montana job, Campbell goes and takes the Sac State job. But Sac State's off to a good start. Uh, Isnell Natabo, who's one of the best players in the league, she was the Big Sky uh, Player of the Week this last week in women's hoops. So he certainly brought some talent in there. So we'll see. Uh, you know, I think that longevity uh, longevity and merit were, were so unquestionably praised in all levels of power positions in America for so long. I still think that there's a certain level where it can be a, a huge advantage, but only if you keep up with the times. I think that's why you've seen the three really long-tenured coaches in the big sky stay successful. It's not just that they can consistently do what they do. They've continued to evolve. I think that's the whole key to success in the modern age period, no matter what, talking sports or otherwise. I mean, Trisha Benford at Montana State, they don't even run close to the same stuff as when I first started covering them back in the early 2010s. They've completely revamped their whole system, uh, their recruiting strategy, their culture, all of it, and it's made them become really, really uh, consistently competitive. I mean, same thing with John Newley. You know, when he was at Idaho State, he was running everything through Natalie Domo, one of the best big big uh, front court players in the history of women's hoops. And now... You know, it's the Splash Sisters. It's the Golden State Warriors style. It's spreading the ball over the place, shooting a ton of threes. So uh, evolution, flexibility, the ability to evolve, all of that, very important. Number seven on our ESPN Roundtable, top ten storylines from across Big Sky Conference sports. How about Northern Arizona's continued domination of women's and men's cross country and track and field? It's crazy. As you know, if you follow along here, I love track, love college track, but... You know, when you cover those Big Sky Conference championship meets, you're you're covering the race for second. You already know who's going to win, especially on the men's side. And it's crazy to watch. Even when other programs, particularly like Montana State and Southern Utah and Weber State, they creep their way up and they, and they score some points. And, you know, maybe they have a multi-athlete do well and they, you know, scoring points in the field events, whatever. Then the distances come and they're just avalanched. But this year... For the third season in a row and the sixth time in the last seven years, Northern Arizona's men's cross-country team were the national champions. We're not talking of some subdivision. They are the premier cross-country program in the United States of America, and it is not even close. Six out of seven 
national championships for NAU's men's cross country. It's crazy. I mean, the, the ability to take the advantage that you have, which is his flagstaff sitting there at, uh, you know, so far above sea level, 7,000-plus feet, it's a huge advantage. And, uh, you know, the Olympic Training Center is there, all of it. But uh, NAU men's cross country continues to be uh, one of the premier athletic programs in the uh, entire Big Sky Conference. I'm realizing what time it is and that we have Josh Bannon coming up from the Grizz men's basketball team uh, here at 5.30. So we're just going to get through uh, one or two more of these, and then we'll save the second half of this countdown for next week. How about that? That's a nice little tease for you. Number six on your uh, top ten storylines from across Big Sky Conference Athletics here on uh, this week's ESPN Roundtable. The collection of tracksters from right here in state that were able to go compete on a national level. And, uh, you know, Montana's, University of Montana's track and field program has certainly been in a state of flux in recent years with Brian Schwain's dismissal and then uh, Clint May coming in and then, and then you know, walking out and uh, then Doug Fraley coming in as the new head coach. And so it's been hard for any individual athletes to really garner the success that they've had on the other side of the Continental Divide there at Montana State. But Montana State had five, count them, five young people that advanced to nationals uh, in collegiate track and then also competed in the United States Track and Field Championships last summer. Uh, those individuals included Duncan Hamilton, who's a Bozeman High School product, Lucy Corbett, who's a Bozeman High School product, Drake Schneider, who hails from Wisconsin, uh, but is a premier one of the premier hurdlers in the country, Cantor Coverdale, that was a great javelin thrower, and then Levi Taylor, who's also a Montana product from Laurel, Montana. And it's just cool to, to watch those kids compete on the national stage, and not just with their fellow top collegians, but with you know some of the best of the best when it comes to uh, track and field uh, in the United States of America, all levels. So our ESPN Roundtable, presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. We'll do our top five storylines from around Big Sky Conference Sports next week. But we got to take a break because the big Aussie, Josh Bannon, power four for the University of Montana men's basketball team, he had one of his best games of his career, a career high, 27 points against North Dakota State this last weekend. Josh Bannon will join us next. The ESPN Roundtable, presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls has 30 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers, a full-service casino, and a Sportsbet Montana kiosk. Great place to gather with family and friends alike. Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Appreciate them for their continued support of the ESPN Roundtable. Josh Bannon, Grizz Hoops, next. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. ESPN Radio. Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas, coming to you through the ESPN Montana studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Happy to be here with you. We are winding down our week. We're off tomorrow and Thursday, or excuse me, Thursday and Friday. That's tomorrow and Friday. 
And we'll be back at it on Monday. But a couple more things to get to, including more FCS playoff talk. But first, it's also hoop season. And it's been fun watching the University of Montana the last couple uh, weeks, particularly the last couple of games. I think that the Grizz really turned a corner here uh, in recent weeks. And I thought that their performance against South Dakota State last week, my first chance getting to see them live this season, was a great one. And then they followed it up with a big win in Fargo uh, on uh, Saturday as well. We're joined now our first Grizz Basketball Grizz Star of the Week, presented by Bob Ward Sports and Outdoors, by University of Montana men's basketball junior forward, Josh Bannon. Josh, thanks for taking some time today, man. How you doing? Very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Uh, first of all, just tell us about you, man. I mean, what's been going on with you? How's, uh, how's school going? How's life in Missoula? I know that uh, we check in with you a couple times a year, but, I mean, now you're a junior, so you've been around Missoula for a little while. I mean, what are you thinking? I mean, how's, how's it been going? Have you settled in a little bit now? You lived here a couple of years? Yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. Life's, life's great. Uh, just finished up. I had my last final this morning. So happy to, happy to be done school for this semester, get a couple of weeks off. So excited to hit the road this weekend and then have a little bit of time off for Christmas. But, yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. Well, I've been following you guys, and you guys have been on the road a lot, so I've been watching most of it on the stream. But I know uh, talking to Coach DeCure following uh, the Air Force game, which I know you guys thought was a disappointing loss there in Colorado, uh, he had some conversations. And then I thought you guys looked a lot better against a really good Southern Miss team playing there in Hattiesburg. And then uh, it seemed like the corner really was turned these last couple of games against South Dakota State, North Dakota State. Just take us through that. I mean, what sort of eye-opener was it, that Air Force loss, and, and what has changed here these last couple of games here for the Montana Grizzlies? Yeah, there was some. There's probably some, there's some tough conversations after the Air Force game, I think, but also really productive. Um, we talked about sort of defining roles a little bit more and how we can be uh, a bit more cohesive as a team and playing harder, I think. Really, that was a lot of what it came down to. Um, the Air Force game, we probably didn't play as hard as we could. And there was some, um, we're missing some people. And, it was, you know, it was a tough road game. But I think since then, we've definitely, guys have been really bored in. And I think as a group, we've found a way to play a lot better together. Um, and guys are really stepping up. It's been awesome. I know that you guys have had flashes offensively these last uh, couple years. But it seems like these last two games, Things just looked like they flowed so much better. And roll definition is a great way of describing it, but it also just seemed like there was just a lot better ball movement. It just seemed like it was a lot less clogged up and a lot more smooth. I mean, from your eyes, I mean, what what was going well? I mean, because you guys scored 82 times in a row, and, and uh, that's sort of been a benchmark. I mean, you guys have had a, a tough time getting to that point, but now here you already done it a couple times in a row. It just seemed like there was much more flow offensively for you guys. Yeah, definitely. I think I think everyone's doing a really good job of sharing the ball. Um that's a huge part of it. Just we're playing with a lot more pace, which is important. Um, but then pace combined with the way we've been sharing the ball, moving the ball, and a lot of talent. We've got a lot of guys who can put the ball in the hole and uh, been working working well together. And that's that's allowed us to put put, put a lot more points on the board last couple of games. Josh Bannon joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. And uh, it seems like a couple of the additions he has made in the offseason has really helped that, especially uh, spreading the floor. I mean, uh, Aiden Moody and, and Deshaun Thomas both, they can shoot a little bit. Actually, they can shoot a lot, and I think that that really helps as well. I mean, what sort of additions have those guys been, particularly when it comes to being able to shoot the three? Yeah, they've been awesome. Like You can't can't speak highly enough of not only those two guys, but also Jonathan Brown and uh, Lalu. 
like those guys have all just been really bought in. And I think that's been a huge, huge part of it for us. Um, having four guys bought in, um, bought into sharing the ball and being about all the right things. Um, and I think having that has just allowed us, like, you know, that's, that's helped us a lot, putting the ball, scoring more points, um, sharing the ball. And, like, yeah, the shooting element is a huge factor as well. There's, we've got a lot, of, a lot more guys this year shooting the ball at a better rate. You know, you can also tell just the uh, the way that you guys do have some more uh, scoring balance, too, because, like, in the South Dakota State game, you guys went out and scored 85. You yourself, one of the leading scorers on the team, only had six, but you chipped in 14 rebounds as well. So it, it seems like maybe even more scoring options across the board for you guys this year as well. No, definitely. Definitely a much more balanced um, in terms of scoring. Uh We've got a lot, of guys, like a lot of guys who are very capable at any given night of scoring 15, 10, 15 points. So that makes us a lot more dangerous, I think, and allows us to get to, you know, get to 80 points and put more points on the board. But it's also been sort of dependent on our defense. And I think our defense has taken a big step up the last couple of games as well. And that's, that's a, our defense has led to better offense. And that's allowed us to get out and transition, play faster, um, and help, help guys, helped us all. Well, that's certainly something that makes uh, Travis DeCure happy because I know he loves to hang his hat on the defensive side of the ball. Josh Bannon joining us here uh, on Nuanas Now, uh, ESPN Radio. How about for you? I mean, what sort of things have you uh, tried to take your game to the next level with? I mean, what sort of things you work on in the offseason and what sort of things are you trying to hone in here uh, now during your junior year? Yeah, it was sort of it was a balanced approach in the offseason. Like, there was a lot of things I thought, I could just continue to improve, just keep getting a little bit better at. Um, but definitely always had a huge focus on my shooting. Um, that's always been sort of a focal point or something that I want to continue to improve at. Um, just becoming more efficient on the offensive end and then continuing to improve as a rebounder and defensively. Well, the uh, Grizz now just a couple games left in the non-conference. Uh, coming off of that win on Saturday uh, over North Dakota State, 82-75 to in Fargo, and uh, headed now to Houston uh, after this finals week wraps up to play Prairie View A&M. Uh, but then the one that everybody's looking at is that matchup at Gonzaga on Tuesday. So just take us through these last couple uh, non-conference games, Josh. I mean, obviously you can't overlook Prairie View A&M, a good squad that you're going to play there in Texas, uh, but also a huge opportunity for you guys to play one of the best teams in the United States there uh, in Spokane on, on Tuesday against Gonzaga. So uh, what are you guys' expectations for this uh, last non-conference road trip here uh, before Big Sky Conference play gets rolling? Yeah, well, like, obviously it starts off with that prayer review game. That's a, they're a really talented team, um, up and down, but, like, they've, they've had some – they've played, played some really good teams close, and they've been in every game they've played in, um, won some games. So that's, that's sort of where we look at first. They haven't looked too much ahead at the Gonzaga game, but – it starts off, you know, heading to Houston, making sure we do everything we can there and then continue to, you know, obviously Gonzaga's an awesome opportunity to go in there. That's a, obviously, you know, one of the best teams in the country, a super talented team across the board. Um, and sort of see where we hang. You know, it gives us, we've been working on some things on both sides of the ball, obviously. Started to catch a bit of a groove offensively. Defensively, we're far improved, so... I think it's just it's two more opportunities to continue to improve and chip away day by day as a group, sort of heading into that conference schedule. He's Josh Bannon, junior forward for the University of Montana men's basketball team. They got two non-conference games 
left here uh, in December, including that primetime matchup against Gonzaga next Tuesday. Then they are back at home to open Big Sky Conference play a couple weeks from now. They open December 29th. That's a Thursday against Eastern Washington. And then Idaho coming to town on New Year's Eve. Uh, New Year's Eve day, that is. A 2 p.m. tip there against the Vandals on December 31st. We'll have tickets for you uh, here at ESPN Radio. Uh, Josh, thanks so much for joining us, man. And uh, we'll catch up with you soon. But uh, best of luck with this upcoming road trip. And uh, look forward to seeing you guys again in person. But in the meantime, travel safe. And thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Happy holidays. There you go. Josh Bannon, the big Aussie. Just, uh, I mean, that's, he's a great dude, first of all, but uh, also just, uh, you know, you get the Australian accent, you just, you, you just have an elevated air about you. I love, love talking to the big Aussie. He's always been great and gracious with his time, and uh, always fun to, to catch up with him. And uh, it'll be fun to, to dive into some Big Sky Conference hoops uh, as football winds down and uh, and basketball cranks up. That's our Grizz Star of the Week. It's presented by Bob Ward's Sports and Outdoors. Bob Ward's. Has all sorts of holiday sales going on right now. If you need some last-minute gifts, want to do some last-minute shopping, go check out Bob Ward's. Uh, their big headquarters here in Missoula, right on Paxson Street behind Southgate Mall. Uh, and you can uh, also visit, shop online 24-7 at bobwards.com. Appreciate Bob Ward's for their continued support of our Grizz Star of the Week. Final thoughts on the uh, big playoff matchups here. On Friday and on Saturday, as we are now into the FCS playoff final four, we'll do that next. Keep it right here. New on is now ESPN Radio. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Welcome back, everybody. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Coulter Nuanas. Coming to you here through the ESPN MT studio uh, at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting. Locally owned and operated for uh, more than 15 years, and uh, happy to say so. A report out of Starkville, the uh, the tragic news of the week, Mike Leach passed away uh, after a major health episode. Uh, longtime college football coach and uh, a guy who had a, a cult following be, uh, because of his quirky ways, his innovative offenses, and his... Uh, Steadfast way of marching to the beat of a different drummer. But a report out of Starkville is that Zach Arnett will be the new head coach there. Well, who's Zach Arnett? For a moment in time, Zach Arnett looked like the future defensive coordinator for the Montana Grizzlies. <laughs> he was uh, the linebacker's coach at San Diego State when Bobby Houck was there. And when Houck took the job here at Montana ahead of the 2018 season, Tried to hire Arnett, but Arnett instead took a job in Starkville and then had climbed his way up to defensive coordinator. 
But he uh, is a guy that has some experience running this 3-3-5 defense that Montana has also run here for the last handful of years. So just crazy to think how how small the world is in uh, in college football. Um, but Zach Arnett, I think, will uh, we'll do a good job with that opportunity given the, uh, the, the tough circumstances for sure. He's a super young guy, so definitely one of the youngest coaches in uh, in the Power Five for sure. So we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. But uh, a slight roundabout way of, of uh, a Montana tie there. We got uh, two playoff games coming up this weekend. Friday, North Dakota State back at it again. Uh, they host Incarnate Word uh, at the Fargo Dome. And with a bid to the FCS National Championship game on the line, the Bison looking for their 10th National Championship game appearance in the last 11 years, their 11th straight appearance in the Final Four. I mean, if it wasn't already ridiculous, it is becoming just absurd what North Dakota State has been able to do and, and just how they've been able to maintain it. I do think that Lindsey Scott and Incarnate Word will give North Dakota State a little bit of a test, but... Um, it's impossible to win in Fargo, man. I just, I don't know. I don't know how anybody is going to ever go win there, you know? And if the bracket would have been correct, at least in my opinion, correct, then uh, NDSU would have to go on the road for this this round, and they'd play at South Dakota State, and Montana State would be the one that's at home playing Incarnate Word. But such is life, such is seeding, and such is the way that it all played out. Uh, but the winner of that NDSU Incarnate Word game will play Montana State and South Dakota State. And I, 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 here's the thing, you know, I, I was working in newspapers in, uh, you know, right after I graduated college. And, uh, then in uh, 2011, I took a job at the Bozeman Chronicle as the beat writer covering Montana State football. And, uh, that then was basically what launched me in, in covering the cats heavily for the last decade plus. And also one of the opportunities that helped lead me back here to Missoula to my hometown. And, and uh, we have uh, had a great time. And uh, it's been a great challenge, but also unbelievable amount of fun and very rewarding to cover both the Montana schools and the Big Sky Conference at SkylineSportsMT.com. And then we've much appreciated our partnership here with ESPN and uh, getting to have this radio show for the last five years. That's all to say that the Cats have been very good over the last 20 years, and the Cats have been very good in the 11 seasons I've covered them. I was, I was thinking about the other day. You know, I've, I've watched the Cats win four Big Sky Conference championships over the last 11 years, covered them as they made the playoffs, I guess counted up now. Uh, they made it all four of the Big Sky Conference championship years, and then again as well in 2014, 2018, 2019, and last year, so uh, eight total playoff appearances during the 11 seasons I've covered them. So they've always been good. I've been been competing and uh, nationally relevant and all that stuff. But even last year, when the Cats had the most talented team in their program's history, a team led by a couple NFL draft picks and Troy Anderson and Daniel Hardy, a team that had almost two years to load up to make a run 
uh, because of you know the time off with the, the pandemic and, and all the stuff that they had, all the different dudes that Chope brought, Jeff Chope brought in there. Even then, though, last year when they made a run all the way to Frisco, it was still a little bit of a Cinderella run. And you're still thinking, wow, the Cats are doing this. They're doing it. They're, they're playing above their heads. They're pulling upsets. They're winning on the road. The vibe around this Montana State team is so distinctly different. You know, they've talked about their won't-be-beat attitude all year long. I think that's a huge part of it. Yeah, it's not a can't-be-beat. It's a won't-be-beat. And, and they'll remind you of that all the time. They, they don't have to play exceptionally well from start to finish. They just know how to finish. But here's the scary part. Is Montana State only played a couple complete games in the first probably two dozen games that Brent Vegan was their head coach? Yet they won almost every single one of them. The only times they didn't play complete games and lost was to Montana and Missoula and to North Dakota State in the national championship game. Well, even this year, they didn't really play a complete game uh, until the stretch run of the regular season. But then they go and they hang 72 on Cal Poly, they hang 55 on Montana, and they hang 33 on Weber State, and then they hang another 55 on William & Mary. And now, in the last couple weeks, you've seen what happens, how dangerous they can be, how dominant they can be when they play complete games. Can they take that on the road, though? That's that's the uh, the biggest factor here. I do think this cat team has a completely elevated sense of belief. It's not a underdog mentality or a front runner mentality anymore. They absolutely expect to be in the position they've been in. These guys that are on this team, these seniors, like Carolina Riley, Ty Okada, Isaiah Fonse, these guys have been their dudes. They've been their best players since they went to the Final Four for the first time in 2019. So they've been here. This is where they expect to be. Now, how do you take that confidence, though, to Brookings, South Dakota and knock off a team that John Stiglmeyer has been building for forever? I mean, he's been there since the late 90s. He's said on the record multiple times that he thinks this is his best team. It's the first time South Dakota State's ever been number one in the country. The first time they've ever been the number one seed. They already knocked off NDSU one time this year. They went undefeated in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. So they have everything going for them. And they also expect to be here. So what are going to be the defining factors, the the deciding factors? For better or worse, I think it's going to come down to mistakes. You know, I think that the the Cats are going to run the ball against everybody they play. How well can South Dakota State just slow it down just a little bit. I mean, you're not going to stop it. You can't stop it. I mean, they're going to run the ball 55 times. So, you know, even if you're holding them to half their season average of yards per carry, they're still going to rush for 200 yards. I mean, cats are averaging almost seven yards a carry for the season. It's stupid, the yards per carry numbers that they've been putting up. So they're going to be able to run the ball, but how well can they run the ball? How dominant can they be running the ball against the best rush defense in the country? That's one factor. How well does the Bobcat defense hold up, particularly in the secondary I guess a talented passing attack led by quarterback Matt Gronowski and uh, the Yankee Twins, the great receivers, as well as Tucker Kraft, the, the big tight end. That'll be another key matchup in this one. But more than anything, how do you go on the road and knock off the top team in the country in one of the toughest places in the FCS to play and a team that has revenge on the mind? Even though they don't want to say it, you know, they don't want to 
talk about this game being about revenge, but but they absolutely know what happened last year in Bozeman, how they, they fell short there, and the Cats were the ones celebrating on their home field. So, you know, I do think it's going to come down to who can take care of the football better because the Cats can be able to run the ball. How well, well, we'll see. But if the Cats win the turnover battle, that's the other essential part of their formula. So who can take care of the ball? Who can minimize mistakes? And who can embrace the moment? Because they both expect to be here. They both knew they were going to be here. Now, who's the one that's willing to go out and take it? I think that'll be the number one factor as Montana State heads to Brookings to take on South Dakota State. Thanks so much for tuning in to Nuanas Now. We'll be back at it on Monday. We're off the next couple days. Very much looking forward to a little rest and recovery. Don't have anything on the docket. I'm literally going to do nothing. I'm going to work out a couple times. I'll probably read some books. <laughs> probably work <laughs> so I can get things organized. But we'll have full coverage for you of the Montana State at South Dakota State game on SkylineSportsMT.com. Uh, and we'll have full coverage for you on Monday uh, on the Montana Football Hour to get your week kicked off next week. If you missed anything in today's show, fun show, we heard from Sam Herter. We talked about this FCS matchup. We also uh, heard from Chris Chitavitsky talking some World Cup. And we did uh, five of our top ten storylines from across the Big Sky Conference of the calendar year. All of it on the Nuanas Now podcast presented by the M-Store and the MSU Bookstore. We'll see you on Monday at 4 p.m. Enjoy your weekend. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. What sort of expertise do you guys have when it comes to uh, any sort of personal injury accidents, things like that? Uh, it's all we practice. Uh, you're not going to get an attorney who's practicing family law or in court defending criminal cases. All we do is personal injury. We're a multi-state firm, but I'm right here in M- Missoula. So we have the backing of a large firm uh, with just years of expertise there, too. Free consultations. You can find out more by calling 406-640-4444 or by visiting online 24-7 montanaadvocates.com.